0: is
1: a conqueror, no, I'm Alexander, he's no Alexander, I'm the best ever, there's never it's been anybody right. I'm Sonny Liston, I'm Jack Dempsey, there's no one like me, I'm from their club. there's no one that can match me, my style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart, I want to ah. eat it children. It was just banter.
2: Stay off the weed,
1: It's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off?
0: Balls are foggy. I understand.
3: Come on, take it quickly,
2: a No! Yes, big No money's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get by the way. Sorry. Welcome to episode 243 of the Split Balling Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett and Jack Harper. Just the three of us this week after quite a hectic week last week. In fact, uh, when I was editing the chat just to make sure we had all the right people in here before we started. Seven people in total uh, in and out of the show last week. So (laughs) no no timekeeping to do this week. We can harp on about any one thing as long as we want. Um, I mean, I don't want to talk about Arsenal more than we need to. I'm sure none of us really like talking about Spurs after they've won. So we'll see how things (laughs) go. Uh, Just to confirm now, because we kind of put the plans in action, for the standard Monday podcast, that will be as normal next week. The week after, we will move the standard Monday to the Tuesday. It's transfer deadline day that day. And the way things usually go for us, if we do it on the 30th, I know we'll berate some sides for doing no business, the others for who knows what, players not forcing a move, this, that and the other, and then everything will kick off on deadline day. So we'll move that to then. Also, if things go to plan, we'll hopefully have the return of Troy and I'll drop a Monday podcast. going to try and bring the mics back out, see if we can get things up and running and then maybe we'll uh, lean back towards in-person pods sometime in the future. So uh, a lot to get through there. I'll ask first before we get into the news of the week before I forget. This week, two nostalgic uh, films that we're doing as uh, part of the wild card on Movie Madness. Small Soldiers up against Cool Runnings. That's one hell of a matchup. I've never seen Cool Runnings, so my viewing of it will be... One Night This Week.
1: It's one of those films where I've seen so many individual parts. That
3: I yeah, see. that's kind of like... My words.
2: I've never sat down and actually I, watched it, but like... I thought
3: that was just a staple everyone had watched.
2: The thing with this, when it's a film like that, it's not even like us that you can blame. It's like family members and parents that are to blame. For <laughs> us.
3: Blame the parents, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, have you seen Small Soldiers, TK?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I've got um, some interesting bits on that, and we'll obviously go into it more on Thursday. Essentially, just something to think about. When it was first commissioned, it was going to be like an adult film. Right, right. And so when you when you watch it now, and with the beauty of hindsight, when you look, you can see the moments in which they were really going to ham it up, and then they just had to bring it back for the fact that they then thought, we'll make far more money if this is a kid's film. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it's quite interesting seeing it back now.
1: The part that springs to to my mind is when he's got that gun that fires pins and goes up the kid's leg. That could have got so much more sinister.
2: Well, Mandela effect here, after we did it um, ages ago on the podcast, if you think back to the posters, uh, when it originally came out, Chip Hazard is not holding a gun. And I don't know if that spins you out at all. He's actually just pointing down the camera.
1: Mm. I mean, I I've, I've seem to remember him in my mind's eye of like, holding a gun like, up at the air almost.
2: So when it came out, they took all of the guns off the posters. So he's essentially holding a gun that they've removed from the picture. That so makes... he's pointing down a camera. And then when it gets re-released on DVD and all of that kind of thing, they allow you to have the gun back in. So uh, yeah. just something to think about there. But I'll save the rest of that for Thursday. Me, Keenan, and Sean, and then uh, we're veering towards the finals and a new season, but plenty to get to before we get there. News of the week there
3: isn't too much this week, which is why I've, <laughs> I've got cool runnings and that matchup, just so you know. Interesting. I'm both uh, wrong, I, I, but I take them. The thing that worries me
2: with cool runnings and watching it this week, and I guess I can kind of give my before and after. Um, hmm. I... Don't have the beauty of nostalgia for it. So There were points when I was watching Small Soldiers where I liked it because I was remembering watching it as a kid,
4: and if yeah, I was watching yeah. it for
2: the first time, I'd be a bit like, okay, yeah, dragging a bit here. But Sean's never seen Small Soldiers, so it's going to be
3: that's going to be an odd watch. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas well, cool. Runnings, I like one summer I swear I just happened to watch it about twenty times. Weird, weird. <laughs> Don't know why, but did. So well, I'm not on watching. side. It was but... <laughs>
2: a, <laughs> a quiet one, all right. You didn't tell a lot you just kept watching Cool Running. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um News of the Week then. So Oklahoma parents, hire actor dressed as Bigfoot, surprise daughter celebrating her sixth birthday. Children left traumatized. <laughs> like,
1: what happened after? I wouldn't know. Is like,
3: well,
2: I don't know what the backstory is as to why they opted for Bigfoot and all like Mickey or Minnie Mouse or some like other yeah. cartoon.
3: They've got it badly wrong.
2: Well, <laughs> like, there's got to be a reason why the parents have gone. Bigfoot is the theme here. <laughs> Sick birthday as well. <laughs> um, Mexican cartel threatens news anchor and demands impartial coverage from now on. <laughs> Imagine that on the TV, if you're tuning in, and your newscaster each week is going. You've got to see it from the cartels' point of view.
3: <laughs> we are we are going that way though. We always want balance, so we're going to be. Able, well, look, everyone's sleeping the Taliban, but look, we've got to have a bit of balance done. here, please. The cartel get things done. This woke liberal media won't, won't let <laughs> them have a platform. Uh,
2: mom sprints to tackle toddler who ran onto field during major league soccer game. Um, I haven't seen the clip of this purposely because the idea more so, <laughs> the mum seizing the opportunity to two-foot the kid as he runs on the pitch. It's <laughs> probably far better than what it was. You've been winding you have all week, you little shit. It's my chance. I hate the American spelling of mum as well.
1: would, it be, would it That's be why be nice I said it as like mom. Taunted him afterwards as well. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Because <laughs> the John Cena, you can't see me
2: That's that's the worst thing I I probably ask about if we have Rube's or uh, EVO back on, because they they spell it as M O M as well. It's so bad. What the hell? Yeah. Who do? Rube's and EVO? The uh, you will know the Brummie accent. Oh, so yeah. maybe it's a Midlands thing. Uh, Californians draw guns on firefighters trying to rescue them from wildfire.
1: That's the most American (laughs) thing you've
2: ever had. Uh, Hold your horses there, because man accused of tattooing child inside fast food restaurant. (laughs) 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 He's got a lot of of booth in the corner. (laughs) It also made me think of um, the "That's My Boy" scene where he's got the new kids on the block stretched out on his back. <laughs> like, and he was sitting on a full back piece. He's saying, come on, you asked for it.
3: And they've all grown distorted because as he's grown up, the heads are massive. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of
2: that film even more before I think of our man Big Tone. <laughs> all of us just died as Keenan was doing the de impression. <laughs> good times, good times. Um, Man's handwriting was so bad Eastbourne Bank staff didn't know he was trying to rob them. Genius. I assume he was trying to do the keep it silent, have a little piece of paper there. Um, <laughs> Mum claims speed of Aldi cashier left her crying and shaking behind the side <laughs> of the kids.
4: <laughs> I saw this headline. Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: it's something you do have to prepare yourself for. <clears throat> I've got that thought so. Right, like, I need to get all my bags. left. And it's like if you need, if they fill up their kind of cashier bit, and they look at you as if you're some sort of heathen that you can't keep up to their speed. You're there. I've actually got out of Aldi before sweating. And I have to Keep up wearing a mask. Like, oh my god, like, what? Just... The thing
3: is, if they see a young man as well, they see an opportunity there. I can batter this guy. <laughs> he's not going to have it together. He's he's not going to be able to get his bags done quick enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna have him this time.
1: Absolutely not! It's like this aloof guy on his phone. He does, yeah. He's not
4: gonna know what hits him. <laughs> try, him. How do I you can't react- wait to
3: get all his stuff on the end and look at him like he's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, how like do you react bad. if the person in front of you starts crying?
2: I actually
1: solidarity almost. Like <laughs> well, I think
2: I'd put an arm around him. Well, it's, it's, I, I think you'd have to take advantage of social distance. <laughs> I'd love to be like consoling yeah. you here, but. Cause I can't deal with people crying anyway even if it's something serious let alone
3: I'll say look there's a, pack, there's a packing area over there you go use that I've got to, I've got to buy yeah. mine here
2: this is what self-service is for Senegalese boyfriend dresses as girlfriend to take her exams out of love
3: Papaz. lovely story it's fine as long as he's smart yeah <laughs> if, he's, if he's, he's a total is. idiot <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: open up those results and results there just found everything I love it
2: really so sorry that's why I had this don't have it <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: if she then like holds it against him like come on you said you had this what, what are we doing here <laughs> um, I feel bad when I laugh at these Dutch tourist dies after swallowing car keys as Spanish officials couldn't understand his plea for help <laughs> <laughs> oh god
1: how, what would you say? How would you mime it if you were in Spain and you swallow car
2: keys?
4: <laughs>
2: Give us a I don't know. You... Like,
4: how do you swallow your car keys? Even
2: if you're like the best, like, Shiraz player in the world, <laughs> yeah. you just wouldn't believe that's what they're acting out. I swallowed car keys. No, In fact, there's
3: there's probably an officer who did call that and they were like, don't be fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It can't be that. You shut up.
2: (laughs) And uh, finally, guy with the world record for consuming over 30,000 Big Macs is still eating one every day. Blimey. That is cholesterol
1: levels. It must just be a tube of (laughs) fat.
2: Is there anything you like that much that you think you could eat every day? No, no. I It'll know, have to be something little, like a Big Mac is. I out actually at work the other day. Um, so I referenced Big Mac sauce. I said, what do you mean Big Mac sauce? It's just mayo in a Big Mac. I was like, what do you mean? It's what? literally like a different colour. And he's like, oh, no, I've had Big Macs for years. There's no different sauce in there. I've never been as perplexed I'm angry. Get out of that man locked up. My life. There's you must just have no taste buds, and I can explain it. Or vision. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because so I said about the colour. Kind of, oh, no. There we go. Maybe if you have one every day, you'd know it. So there we go. We do have plenty to get into then. So the Premier League returned this weekend to some of our delight some of our torments and we will start there. I thought it was bad news when I saw the fixtures come out. Arsenal opening the season away at Brentford. Um, 74 years since their last top flight game, if you didn't quite get that from the broadcast. (laughs) I think they only mentioned it 75 times. Um, So if we kind of go back to the start... Probably about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, the news breaks. Aubameyang and Lacazette are both ill and <laughs> unavailable for selection. Um, now, no Arsenal fan is particularly keen on the two of them at the moment, regardless, but it's, it's a blow for any side, isn't it, when you do lose your two most senior strikers. Ideally, the debut of your young striker wouldn't be in the opening game of the season.
3: No. No, not at all. It's especially a blow when they go down hill. Yeah. It's always so ambiguous, isn't it? You don't know how bad. Yeah. And
2: I want to... I hate people that say no excuses and then give you excuses. So I'll put out here now, Arsenal didn't deserve to win the game. So anything (laughs) I do say here, I don't want it to be taken in that way.
3: You'd have to be pretty creative to have a valid excuse.
2: (laughs) Exactly. I think it it wasn't just the fact that the two strikers are missing, like Gabriel's missing alongside Ben White, Party's missing in the middle of the park. So it didn't look like the side Arteta or Edu would have envisaged opening the season with when doing their planning. Um, at least I would hope not. I mean, you had Lokonga in the middle making his debut, um, Balogun up top, Martinelli on the left three days after he'd returned from the Olympics. So... A bit mix and match, and Benoit making his debut, of course, who we'll get to. So, the game, actually, like I say beforehand, from the lineup there was, I do think collectively as Arsenal fans, it was the most exciting lineup that you could make out of this team. Some kind of false news broke shortly before the actual team came out that had our Nenni started. And collectively, I was very dejected. <laughs> and so it almost gave a bit of a lift before kickoff for the fans when they saw, actually, no, it's look hungry, look good in pre season. Not ideal circumstances, but here we go. Um, on paper, looking at that team, did you expect Arsenal to beat Brentford? Yes. I mean,
1: yeah, I it guess. It's. It's just the fact that they've been in the Premier League for so long and it's Brentford's, like, first... Yeah, it's Arsenal,
3: though, game. come on. No, I, I had no belief in, in them, I'll be honest. <sighs> I had none. This didn't strike me as a shocking result, which I is mean, a, a bad indictment. I wouldn't say i uh, was surprised, put
2: it that way. Well, that's how I felt <laughs> going in was... Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's the first time, I think I said on Monday, um, the first time I've ever gone into a Premier League season actually dreading it rather than being, like, <laughs> any kind of excitement for it. Um the, Obama, the Aubameyang and Lacazette thing is weird because they've already kind of come out and said they're very unlikely to be playing in the Chelsea game. And I know it's kind of... you can got to tread carefully because the last time there was speculation about Aubameyang being out, yeah, malaria. Um, but prior to that, if it's COVID, Arsenal, for the other players that have called it, have come out and said there's been a COVID case in the camp and you can kind of work out yourself when there's a player missing. When Arteta had it, they came out and said it. This one's strange. There was a tweet that summed it up and said, one of them probably did get ill and then they did some like shitty handshake with the other one and spread it to them uh, (laughs) right before. Or they're both being linked with a move away. I don't know if any of you saw Arteta's press conference last week or at least some of the quotes. So Arteta was asked, Obviously, no one had a great season last season. Aubameyang used to hit him 20 goals plus; he only hit nine Premier League goals last season. Do you take this as just a bad season, or the sign of a striker in decline, and maybe this is his level now, which is quite brutal for a yeah, yeah. press conference? But they asked him this question, and he responded saying he doesn't know. He said everyone had a tough season last year, but uh, I guess we don't know yet if that was just a bad season or if this is his level now. Can you think
4: of conference? any other
2: manager that would <laughs> that would answer like that? Because even if you do think that, surely you say, <laughs> if Wenger gets asked that, he says, look, this is guy's one of the most clinical strikers in the world. Uh, we're fully behind him. He'll show his class this season and prove a lot of people wrong. And you would just say, yeah, we go. Typical manager answer. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the question we have here is kind of how much the blame is on him. Obviously, these players didn't play. But there is a feeling that when Arteta first came in, it was quite refreshing, the non-negotiables, as he called them. And he kind of went through and you were looking at your doozies and you were looking at your Urtsil's and um, Mustafi's and Kolasinac's and these kind of players. And it was quite refreshing that he was basically saying, look, we're not going to take whatever you're like. We'd rather you not be involved at all than disrupt what's going on in the team. Seemingly, as we get further on, 20 months now into his last kind of tenure, and I think Gary Neville may have referenced this, it's hard to get players to play for you when it then looks like as soon as you're of no use anymore, you kind of get tossed to the side. Which, I don't take Bamiyang as the kind of guy who you rile up in your press conference to kind of prove you're wrong. I don't know if any of you see him like that. No, Maybe if it's Thierry Henry and you do it, he's going to go out and score a hatchet the next game to prove wrong the person that said he's finished. Aubameyang feels very much like an arm round, and you say, they're there. No, we know he's going to come good. So on.
3: I'll tell you, really hasn't shown that side of his management either, has he? We, We've seen him no. do the hardline stuff, but we haven't really seen him manage someone uh, in that regard. It's weird because the younger players, Gwendouzi aside,
2: do seem to be very complimentary of him when you look at Yusaka Yusnefero. Um, mm. Early guard, who it looks like might be returning, we'll speak about him uh, shortly. But anyway, Callum Chambers are right back. There are still players, there are still fans before the season saying, look, we don't need to sign right back. We've got Callum <laughs> Chambers, Bellerin, Maitland-Niles. Chambers is the guy. This looked like a centre-back playing right back when you ask him to defend. Because yeah. he was just getting stood up every time, wasn't he? And for the first goal they score, he clears it and then doesn't get back into position. Um, I saw the pundits trying to say, was it out, was it not out? It's it's hard for Arsenal to complain when you've kept it in, so you can't keep <laughs> it in. and then yeah. play. Um, But I thought he was particularly bad. Ben White, that, I thought some of the treatment was harsh. Before the game they were doing whole think pieces about his aerial duels and there was only like 5% difference between him and Pablo Amari. Um, when either of you see that performance and even your like, tie of Arsenal fans isn't going to say he had a phenomenal debut, But there seems to be like a collective thing now that it's as simple as punt the ball in the air against Arsenal and you're going to be fine, Ben White can't win headers. Do, do, how much do you read into that debut performance?
1: I mean, it's not the most assured, put it that way, but at the same time, a lot has happened for Ben White. I mean, he's playing the championship a long ago and he's made come on leaps and bounds. I think to kind of write him off after one game would be pretty silly. However, it wasn't a great performance and it's tricky because if Arsenal, if teams already think that just pump it into them and they're not going to want it. That game, if you can't defend it against Brentford, when Dominic Calvert-Lewin or the likes of comes to town, it's going to be even more difficult for you to kind of get that right, if that makes sense.
2: In fact, they're set, they are they kind of known for their set pieces. So that's one thing. When you look at the second goal, um, I thought what was interesting when you watch it back is when we would play Stoke and they would give us nightmares from the throw-ins and Watching uh, some of the Cheltenham games while speaking to TK about it and how they would do it, it it's very clear from the get go what's happening because everyone crowds around the keeper, you put it on the spot, and you basically rely on there being some kind of carnage in the area. If you watch this one back, they kind of step off, and um, Norgard only steps onto Leno just as the throwing's being taken. So it's a very well worked move. Mm. But in terms of, say, the defenders on this one, it's more that they're caught out rather than being bullied. Leno, for one, and this is where I cut Ben White more slack. If this is still happening in 10 months, then maybe not so much. But he had Callum Chambers alongside him on the one side, he had Pablo Marie alongside him on the other, who I've been saying for a long time now is completely garbage.
3: Is anyone pushing back on that, really?
2: (laughs) There are some Arsenal fans, if you believe me. Um, Ben White, when Arsenal signed him, for the way the analytics are at the club and how they do their transfers, they're well aware of his aerial dual numbers. So I guess the thinking is that Gabriel is a far more aggressive centre-back, and so you pair the two together, and it evens out quite well. Pablo Marie created so much uncertainty that he was crossing over Ben White coming onto the other side. He wasn't winning the duels, which he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be the aggressor when you look at the position. Ben White's supposed to be further back. It, it was just a jumbled defense. I thought a lot of the same old Arsenal stuff, we had the third best defense last season, whether you believe it or not, the numbers were there. So it's not like, We've been shaky in the back all of last season and the season before. We've actually been not too bad in comparatively, but this did feel very same old Arsenal.
4: Yeah,
1: that Jamie Carragher live for the second goal was pretty brilliant. It was just spectacular.
2: <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to throw my toys out the pram. They were Again. pathetic. They were pathetic on Sky on Friday. It was a
3: joke. I will say you are firmly in a minority on that in, in terms of seeing them getting roundly praised for the coverage. I can not see why even, you would like it, by the way. Not but even like, just that, that one
2: moment. Like they're in the crowd singing at the end of the game. <laughs> like there's gotta be some kind of love. It- like we, we like them because they aren't completely like uh serious. It's not like I don't know. I don't know. Dear. It's not no, great. You, you want us on commentary. Yeah. Yeah. There's some kind of At, at point. It would, they were cheering them on on commentary. And it's different when it's your team because when it's United, you've got Neville cheering them on. You've got Carragher cheering yeah. them on. It seems a bit different. Arsenal are well aware of their position as being the laughing stock, and a lot of it is brought on by themselves. There's got to be some point where it's like, Jesus Christ, this is a (laughs) bit much here. They were doing whole think pieces on Ben White before the game. And uh, as to his uh, worthiness in this kind of thing. I I don't know if
3: that's uh, particularly new, though, is it? A £50 million signing, the only thing you've really done. They've got to fill the time somehow.
2: Yeah, but this was, rather than it being about the reasons we signed him, it was, <laughs> these are all the things he's awful at, why have they spent this 50 million, blah, blah, blah. Do you think Arsenal should revert to a five at the back for the time being? So if you look at the best football under Arteta, I feel like I'm a bit jumbled here, but I'm just kind of going through my notes. Um The success against Chelsea in the FA Cup, Community Shield, and kind of the end of uh, that season was when they played in the 3-4-3 three, three formation where you had Tierney at centre-back, you had Aubameyang on the left wing where he kind of found his best form. Because at the moment, it seems like Arteta has his way of playing and he's determined to play that way whether the players fit it or not.
3: I mean, I, I think you should try anything currently. I mean, <laughs> it's you, you said your original thing was how much you he to blame for it. Yeah. There is a small part of me that thinks, well, look, he's put out a team against a newly promoted team that your, any Arsenal team should be better than them. Yeah. And so, at the very least, should be competitive. Which, for spells, they were, in fairness, but for large spells, Brentford were all over them, and that, that can't happen. But the, there has to be so much blame place for them just because it looked directionless. It looked, And we've said it many times before, but it looked yeah. like there was no plan. And in contrast, Brentford looked well, and knew exactly what they were doing. Not just the... Uh, because there's a lot of focus on the the long throws and the aerial stuff, but they were playing good football as well. They obviously pressed you like mad and and Arsenal still apparently hadn't learned around the press. If you looked at Leno and Xhaka in particular, it was was like they knew nothing about themselves and had never uh, known what mistakes they made prior. So Arteta is going to have to take a huge chunk of the blame for that. There's no excuse for for seemingly having no plan or direction. And so somewhat depressingly for you. You could change your formation if you want. But I don't know how much difference it's going to make anyway. That would seem probably the sensible thing to do if you are going to be in trouble in the next two games, for example, which don't look pretty for you. Well, yeah,
2: because um, we had 66% of the ball and yet I didn't ever feel like once no. they scored that we were going to get back into the game. Um, I watched every game that was on TV this weekend and I've seen the highlights of the others. I, I do, and it's not even just kind of shock value. I, I do think we're the worst attacking side in the league, but th- there's no cohesiveness mm. to it at all. It, it's like you're doing a puzzle and there's only one way to solve it. And yeah. so you look at the chance that we had near the end of the game that fell to Pepe, which is a great save by David Ryer, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So that was there was some passing along the midfield, they shifted out to the left hand side to Tierney. Jackers dropped into the left back position. Tierney's the furthest player forward, cuts it back. And Pepe, nine times out of ten, the keeper's not going to save that. And it looks like a very well-worked goal. But the issue is, when that's not happening, essentially it's spam the ball out to Tierney, cross it into the area. And a lot of the time, there isn't even a striker in the area. That's the only reason that Tammy Abraham-Links made any kind of sense to me, and whether he was the best option or not, was because... For regardless of what you of thinking he's a penalty box striker that's where he's going to be and so if enough goes into the box he was going to score enough of them which yeah. isn't really what Aubameyang or Lacazette are so it, it's on him because at some point if you're this great manager that we're supposed to believe you are and it's a gamble when that Arsenal appointed him and they appointed him on the basis of if we could get someone like Ancelotti and see how this goes we'll probably have a safer pair of hands or we can go with this guy, we have all these stories who's supposed to be the next best thing, these innovative ideas, and hope it pays off. And so far it hasn't. So, that every manager, you would say, <laughs> it's easy to say that, because I've seen a couple of tweets, sorry if I'm overlapping, it, I've seen a couple of tweets saying, our Tesla style of football is made for Man City players or Liverpool's players, and you have better results <laughs> with these.
3: I'm Surely sure every manager in the league would think yeah,
2: they could play yeah. better football if they had more money to spend.
3: Now, yeah, I, 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 I saw this, though. but don't see it as a good match either.
1: Like That's not necessarily the case, because I don't see the top teams, like you said, playing with so little cohesion up front. I, I don't think better players make that system any, any better
3: than it already is. To piggyback but, off, you just think there's, play, there's teams who on paper are worse? they don't have the level of quality that Arsenal have got, are much better attacking-wise. They've got exactly. a much clearer a sort of cohesion. Yeah, so what basis do we have that Arteta oh, needs better players and he will suddenly it so click?
2: Cohesion is the argument. It's very much like he's drawing up like a touchdown play. Like, get <laughs> the ball here, move it to here. I don't know if any of you have ever played 2K before, but um, yeah. when you, when you play uh, on... Uh, NBA, and it's like a buzzer beater. You get like this little circle on the floor, and it's like you run here, the other player is going to run around, you pass it to him. And it's like this is what it is with our Tesla. Like, if this one singular plan doesn't work, we're fucked. There's no other yeah. way of getting <laughs> yeah. around this. So that's what me with, with a five in the short term. And I, I do believe that Ben White is going to be competent and a four. I wouldn't even write that off now. I think it's a bad day, a bad day all round. Um, if you want to get the best out of players now, a five at the back with Tierney, Gabriel and Ben White, you could have Saka at left wing back, Smith-Rowe on the left wing, Pepe or Martinelli on the right, Aubameyang through the middle. It's probably going to be Xhaka and Partey in the middle of the park. You can, You, can win, so you hate, can win enough games with it. that. Mm. And you're going to have the security because at the moment it's we praised Arteta for the cohesiveness at the back, and when you don't have that and you also are this bad going forward, it's it's a it's a rough watch. I, I, he he's never played football that's made me get out of my seat because the one time it would have been was against West Brom, where it was like okay, yeah, let's have a let's have a moment here because it is West Brom. <laughs>
3: Yeah, the only time he's had you get out your seat is to leave. That was the only time. <laughs> well, best problem, uh, it's best gonna best be... the problem
1: last season with no mugs, mind. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what we were also told was that without European football, then he's going to have longer on the training pitch to get a perfect <laughs> plan in place. Yeah. That actually
1: is a worse proposition. You actually want him to have less time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> What, it's not even so much that. I'd rather be able to play Dundalk on a Thursday night and just have something to look forward to before the hell of the Premier League returns. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's it's nine days to wait after that Brentford game. And then at the end of that nine games, it's uh, Tuchel saying, by the way, Kante and Lukaku will be fit.
4: <laughs> I, I, I still haven't
1: joined in too much on the Arsenal bashing just because... Like, if recent form is anything to go by, you just have our number. It's a bit like us with City.
2: Well, Jack, I was going to ask you, because it's interesting, and I keep having to kind of preface what I'm saying. Now, I do think the second goal, there is a foul on Leno. I'm not complaining, because it does, for me, stand in the whole thing of keepers being overprotected. I think it's just pathetic on Leno's part that he doesn't even push the defender yeah. away from him to clear the space and if he so, does do that he probably earns the foul Yeah, now, I was interested to yeah. see if anyone else thought it was a foul I didn't no, complain at all because it was just him being pathetic like I felt like he dug his own grave
1: so from a keeper's perspective like if I'm challenging for the ball and I get fouled in the air then I'm claiming a foul but if before I've made any movement I'm just being blocked off you see keepers all the time just grab the opposition players by the shirt and throw them round them if that makes sense like Use their momentum against them and just jump past them. And like they seem to, they do get away with a lot by doing that. Because if that was any other player, it'd probably be a penalty.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't get why he didn't do that or just sidestep it Like he's an agile professional footballer. He can get around yeah, he... if he wanted to. Um, and then if he does try to get around him and the player sticks out an arm and catches him like in the chest or the neck or something, then nine times out of ten he's getting a foul for
2: that. That's, that was the annoying thing because it's like he's just pathetic. He his his distribution is bad as it is. I mean, the, the reason maybe we thought it was better than it was is that the comparison was Czech, and the first time we saw Czech do it, if you remember, he nearly kicked it into their net passing it across <laughs> the goal. <laughs> uh, so Leno was an upgrade on that. But even Emery um, stopped playing it out round the back at one point because he realised how bad it was and. It's like Leno has a bet as to who the player in the most danger is before he passes it to them. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Pablo Mari is at the back, that's not making it feel any safer because he, he passed it to him. Mari had a pretty decent amount of time. And then you saw him on the camera turn around and he said, fucking hell, burned. And so that's going to make him feel loads better. And he's <laughs> already a nervous wreck playing out from the back. And you have that on top of it. It just wasn't a good look. I had a couple other questions. Um, Balogun's debut. If you assume that Saka is going to come into the side for Chelsea, would you stick with Balogun, who's more of a natural centre-forward up top, or would you put Martinelli there?
1: I think your joy is going to be from counter-attacking. So I think you have the pace and ability which Martinelli probably has over him, Um, you want to be able to break. I don't think you're going to have much centre-forward play. (laughs) Because, like, there are three defenders at the moment, even with Chalabar in the defence, like, they would just get bullied. So I think you're going to probably try and run around us a bit. So I would have my.
3: What do you think, TK? Yeah, it's a tricky one, because I I thought at least, I think I said to you in the chat that I thought with Balogun, at least he showed some sort of attitude and personality on there. He looked like he was trying to put himself about and show some positivity at least and I was tempted to say just give him a run of games and stick with it because he's obviously got a bit of talent and something yeah. about him Chelsea is a tough gig for him I, I could see him kind of getting swamped there
1: he's a um, common destroyer isn't it
3: yeah that's, that's the concern isn't it but, but on the flip side I I don't know how much more joy Martinelli will get out of him either like no. you said not a, not a natural central, central strike as much as I do like him yeah. so uh, yeah I guess ultimately what I'm saying is you're fucked either way <laughs> Yeah, As Jack has I, said though, you do seem to have a strange record with them. So.
2: Yeah, we've won our last four in a row against yeah, Chelsea. Weird. I, sure this will be the one. I would stick with Balogun. and I know we've seen players before. Eddie and Ketty is probably a great example of someone that looks great at youth level and they do find it hard to adapt. Balagun seems to have the frame a lot more than Eddie yeah. does. Yes. And his range of uh, play seems a lot different to uh, Eddie, I think he's quicker than he looks um, and he's basically a penalty box striker ideally you want someone going out on loan first, don't you, in this kind of space well I think what's happened is his contract was up basically and there's talk now of these young players having a certain amount of minutes put in their contract and I don't know if any of you have seen this with any youngsters coming through supposedly this is a thing and so that's why he st- stayed at Arsenal rather than going out on loan, which would probably benefit him more. But kind of so the what do you mean? He, pathway
3: so he has to play a certain amount of minutes? Is it? Is
2: that across said? the season, yeah, or a number right, of appearances. Okay. Um, and I guess they were expecting him to start a game, which would probably help in that aspect. But that's why he hasn't been sent out to go and play 30 games for Brighton or someone like that.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's, it's interesting. I would probably stick with him, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a lost cause really because I read an article that was pointing out the differences and some of the things you perhaps don't see in 23s football. And just the simple things like there was a, there was one where Balogun had his first kind of run into space. and the centre-back just stepped across him and kind of nudged him off and you don't get a foul for that in men's football.
4: And it's just a little
2: thing like that that I guess you get used to. Um, I thought it was interesting Martinelli out wide. Arteta's commented previously that it's about finding the right links for people and he spoke about it in regards to how Pepe seemed to be better with Chambers and Cedric and Bellerin. There seems to be something with Tierney and Martinelli where they just don't seem to connect together. Like the passes of anyone on the pitch was between those two. I think Martinelli had been told to be more central because of how organised you have to be under Arteta, It seems weird that he would just keep pulling central, but it did mean that there was very little options. In terms of transfer rumours, the Ramsdale we've spoken about previously, uh, I was going to ask you, TK, so Berdegaard seems to be the one that they wanted all along, seems to be edging closer to, be being, to being done, whether it's a loan, which seems to be creeping into the rumours more. Or a permanent deal. How much do you think he helps this side? If you could put it into perspective of maybe one to ten. If you put him into the start in, into Arsenal's kind of best eleven, how how much do you think that improves them?
3: A bit, but it's it's. Oh, you know, I, I like him a lot as a player. Yeah, Just that's The, way, I mean. the <laughs> way you're playing a lot, of, the way you're playing at the minute is it's going to be hard for him he's we saw in that loan spell he had before the the impact he could have but i'm looking at say for example in that that brentford game smith rowe i thought played well and did yes. what he could but was kind of finding himself that there's only so much i can do yeah, i think yeah. odegaard would find himself in a similar spot i think where you've got a good creative player who as you've kind of alluded to here as a quite a rigid manager who yeah. isn't able to coached attacking football and so they're going to be so those two things are going to be battling with each other so he's going to have some success but you're going to have a lot of games I think where he's going to end up going anonymous and, and people will probably question him when it's maybe not always his fault they've seen
2: him and Smith Rowe are kind of the different types of attacking player and that Smith Rowe's the kind of guy who's going to make something happen now, he's going to get the ball forward, this and that, whereas 30 yards is kind of the guy who stops and slows things down a little, isn't it?
3: There's, yeah, but both want to get in basically in that free role in, the, in front of the back four, which Smith-Rowe was able to a couple of times get to Brentford.
2: Arguments where some people say that you can't have Erdegaard and Saka in the same team because if Saka's playing on the right, if you look at the way his numbers dropped, and I, I accredit it a lot to burnout and numbers. His numbers dropped significantly when Erdegaard was in. And I think it's, he played a lot on the right-hand side for Sociedad when he was there. Mm. And so when he was drifting, and I guess he was kind of given a free roll, he, he kind of kept moving into his space. And so when he got the ball, it was crowded because he didn't have the same space to move in.
4: That I makes some sense.
2: For, I think for 35 million, and as much as I say about kind of the, the pull and things like this, I think you'll struggle to get, a classier player than Erdegaard to come to Arsenal now
3: for sure absolutely
2: and I guess the point of the technical director um, whether he'll be here long or not is you sign the players that will work regardless of manager isn't it and you've got to think Erdegaard <laughs> whether it's Arteta or another manager is a valuable player to have in your team
3: yeah it's, it's a no-brainer I think it's £35 million just seeing what this market's doing I don't think it can go too too badly wrong. Famous last words, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. But,
2: I, I don't want the loan. That there's rumors of a loan, and then Real Madrid will give us a first option for 30 million. But that's you, not you, can't, sure trust you
3: no. can't trust them. can't they, trust
2: them. They want to put a buyback in. It's like if you, they're obsessed with this. If you don't want the player,
3: just just let him go. It's no. so
2: irritating. They are.
3: No, I said before, even when Liverpool have done it, I think it is it's a shady move. Chelsea
2: just today with Tammy you will get to a bit later. <laughs> but that one is a make a bit more sense with the way they've structured it. Um only a couple other questions because I'm I don't want to bore you all with just Arsenal, just there's obviously a lot going on at the moment. If you were the technical director of Arsenal currently, would you prioritise a right back or a striker?
4: Oh,
1: I think probably I'd probably say right back because that right side is so disjointed. If you had a good link up on the right, that could create more space for either Abamyang or Lacazette. Do you know what I mean? Like, but your point that you make of spamming that turny cross into the box and having those <laughs> penalty box strikers to put it away. I mean, you would think that Abamyang or Lacazette, if you, they're professional forwards, if you told them to just stay in the box, they would.
2: For, for a guy that scores as many goals as Aubameyang does I don't think I've seen a worse finisher it's freakish <laughs> the the, the, the chances he misses and I always simplify it down to saying the, the guys like him and Salah, they aren't in there to be clinical, the the, the reason they're so successful is because they'll get 10-11 chances where your average guy would get one or two and they then put one away, Salah obviously far more clinical um, since he's come to England he, he's freakish. Like the, the chances that we laughed at like Antonio for missing on Sunday, <laughs> those are also the type that Aubameyang misses. <laughs> just he'll often score another one in the same game. It was amplified last season because they weren't going in after that. The, I would say striker, but that's mainly because I've forgotten what goals feel like, really. And I just... I just <laughs> <laughs> um uh, I'm, I'm about as done with a uh, with a and Lacazette as I can be. Um,
3: which which would you take, TK, out of Um Right back is probably the sensible option in terms of the, those options. There are, are hideous, um, and I guess in theory at least you you hope that a and Lacazette can do enough. Yeah. Um, even if they're, they're not going to be great, they can do enough to get you get you there. But but if you were to somehow, and I don't see how you'd be able to, but somehow be able to sign a, a top class striker, that could probably paper over some of your cracks. Like you said, some of the balls you're getting into the box from Tierney, you would probably mm-hmm. rattle in enough goals and win enough games via that. That some of your other deficiencies may well just be covered by that.
2: There's Latara, came and went right. like
3: <laughs> a puff by of as quick smoke. as as quick as his Spurs ones did.
2: Yeah, yeah, the Blachowicz is the name that kinda of hangs out there, isn't it? Um on the market for someone to sign. Um Atletico, I think we've just had a fifty million bid rejected though, so I won't hold my hopes out there. Yes. Um the interesting I keep seeing the stories in the paper about we're gonna sign three players before the window shuts. I'll believe it when I see it. Um finally, TK to go to you first. Do you think Arteta is the man to take the club forwards?
3: <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. Um haven't done for a little while now. And I, I, I don't see as just the trajectory that you're on, I just yeah. don't see how it can be reversed unless you clean house with the squad, which you haven't been able to do, or well. you get another manager, probably both really in truth. Um so and he's obviously we've said a thousand times on here. Much easier to replace the manager than the whole squad. to so yeah. get him, or someone else could get more out of this team than he yeah, currently
2: yeah. is. He was sulking in the presser about not being able to sell players. Like, you don't say this in public, we've not been able to sell who we want. <laughs> oh it my sounds god, good for everyone else, but yeah, no, <laughs> the players still at the, the training ground. It's no surprise to one like Colossal yeah, actually said, You know what, you paid off other players, I want my full five million. <laughs> um, Jack, uh, I assume your answer is not too much different to TK's. Pretty much.
1: Yeah, pretty much exactly the same, I think. I just don't... I see bet, like, better managers with worse teams doing better than what... Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, it's just that simple. It's literally that simple. They play... I see teams like Brighton, if they had a striker, that actually could finish their dinner. They would have been much higher last season than they were. A Graham Potter wouldn't be a bad signing for
2: you. If you put Thomas Frank in charge of that Arsenal team, they beat Brentford last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: hundred percent. But I, I'm trying to think of who in the league right now I have Arteta over tactically. There was a
2: there was a poll conducted by fans, um, and he was voted as the second worst in the league, and that was only in front of the Wolves manager that nobody even knows. No one knows. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, wouldn't I was thinking, who if who would I rather have in charge of my team? Arteta or Sean Dye?
2: And I'm
1: picking Big Sean.
2: <laughs> the, the, the perception on him did change very quickly, though, didn't it? Because he, he came in and he said all the right things, which got you so far. Uh, Frank obviously did him a big favour in being as garbage as he is. <laughs> and then uh, you get the trophy and that, that, that buys you time. He should have been gone, really, last Christmas. Um, yeah. and I think he, um, yeah. that's what, what makes me think. After he survived that, oh, interesting.
3: How bad is he gonna have to get?
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a bit like go. Avram Grant coming after Jose. I suppose.
4: <laughs>
3: he, he gets a bad run. Yeah. had a, <laughs> a good
4: run. At
2: it. Be available, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing, and I've railed on it several times is. They changed the structure of the club last summer. They put something in place where no one had too much power after Raul Sanjewi left. And then within the space of a week, people must have just not fancied doing their job. They made Arteta, the manager, gave him as much power as Edu, if not more. And the way I read into a lot of these press conferences, and I've referred to them as survivors previously, is he's selling Edu down the river and saying, you're going before I'm going. Because the things about, we haven't been able to do what we wanted in the transfer market, not being able to shift the players, all this kind of thing, that's pointing at Edu and saying, look, this is your job.
1: That's so rash as well, isn't it? To give, he hasn't even managed before, he's been an assistant manager. To give him that much power in that structure is just so rash.
2: Well, in comparison, I mean, Wenger was 47 when he took over at Arsenal. So he'd gone through his stage previously where he'd gone a bit power mad in in France and tried to kind of do everything himself. He then was sacked, which I think is a big thing for any first-time manager. He then went to Japan, took a team from the bottom of the table up to the top and then joined Arsenal. So he'd kind of gone through all the different phases and then that's how you can go from being a relatively unknown manager to doing what you're doing. Arteta is like I, I don't know what it is. It's like little man syndrome, but he's not little.
4: <laughs> yeah. He
3: he kind of, in a way, for his own managerial career, needs the sack, needs to go to another club and sort of pick it back up, I think. I think it's too big for him now at this job.
2: Yeah. I, 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 part of me thinks, for one, the owners aren't around enough to, to be too worried. Arteta's also thrown William to the Wolves in the last week, by the way, as well. <laughs> Can't blame him there. Uh, so me and Troy were talking about this, and I, I kid you not, um, he said that part of the struggles for Willian was um, playing football in this country.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um Yeah, when's yeah, he going to get used to that? He basically said... Uh, about William, he said, obviously, the, the deal hasn't quite gone to plan. He said, no, no, uh, we agree there. The deal definitely hasn't gone to plan. So,
4: what are you doing? <laughs> what he <are> you think <laughs> He
0: thinks.
2: <laughs> because this was a deal that he, he signed off on. Him and Cedric, who he said had a quality you couldn't find anywhere else, by the way. Oh, God. Um, although the reports are that William doesn't want to just sit on his contract and he's happy to get out. But believe yes. that, we see he, he made noise
1: that he wanted to come back to Chelsea. I was like, I'm sure he bloody would. Mate. <laughs>
2: this, never forget when he signed the interview William did. He said, "When I spoke with Mikel, he said first season of the contract we get back into the Champions League, and by the end of my contract we lift the Champions League."
3: <laughs> oh god! It was a three-year
2: deal. We're in the oh. second year.
3: <laughs> hey, look, you can't rule it out. It could still happen. <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> It'll be something something incredible if it does. Um, There we go. uh, Sorry for spending so long on Arsenal. I don't know if you two enjoy that demise or if it's uh, repeating, but there seems to be a lot of kind of takeaways from just one loss at Brentford.
1: Like like I said, I'll enjoy the demise if we get through next week unscathed and I just have this horrible feeling that we will be the clowns of the circus next week. (laughs) Uh,
4: But.
2: We'll get That's to the good. other North London team now because much like if we beat you at the weekend, I don't think it tells you much more about us. Much I don't feel like I learned much more about Spurs having beat Man City. But the headlines that kind of came out yesterday were as rash as they are. Look, we don't need Harry Kane at Tottenham. <laughs> We've just beat the champions without him. We had a bit of a discussion in the chat yesterday um, about Son. Spurs beat Man City 1-0 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. He's recently signed a new four-year deal in 2025. He now, after yesterday, has 200, 108 goals and 64 assists in 281 appearances. His new contract has him on £192,000 a week do we think Son has shown that he's ready to be the guy if Kane leaves? So if you look at the links today that they were linked with Bamford replacing Kane, we won't go too far into that. But if Spurs were to sign someone not of the same stature as Kane, do we think Son is that guy? Do we think Son's capable of being the Batman rather than the Robin? But TK, what do you think?
3: I actually think he's good enough. I actually do think he's got the talent. Um, I think he's really good. It's there is a bit of a personality to it, isn't it? Is it can you can you lead? Um, which I do question. I do question that a little bit. But the tricky thing for them with with Kane is they have shown that they can cope without him before, but for periods. And yeah. doing it for a month or two months is very different to doing it for a whole season. And Son typically does. You know, Sean was questioning in our chat about why he hasn't been linked to a move. I think it's probably that he has enough dips in form that people won't gamble on him. And, and so, would he do it for this whole season for Spurs? He, in fairness to him, whenever he has had to step up to be the main man, he's done it. So I guess only on the basis of everything we've seen, I'll say he can he can do it. Jack, I, I have interest.
2: Do you think, as a comparison, if you put Mares at Spurs... Do you, do you think there's a noticeable difference?
1: I think Morris isn't willing to do the dirty work that the Sun does for Tottenham. And I know that that might be quite a brash statement, seeing as he came from Leicester and won the league there and everything like that. But I still see him as like a fancy player. He isn't a player that's going to grab the game with a the neck, as we saw in that game. It's quite the opposite performance from both of them, wasn't it, really? Morris mm. um, spooning that one chance that he got. And then apart from that, not really doing a lot. He's there to finish a lot of moves off, but rarely does he create the move for someone else now for Man City. Um, Whereas Son kind of has it all a little bit where he can create for himself. And that is something that you can't really coach that well. Like you either create stuff for yourself or you don't. And he has that ability to just go in, get a yard here or there and shoot with either foot. I mean... They shoot him with both feet. I, I I've been told about last season. in terms of <laughs> I Right-footed. I just couldn't get my head around it. The goal he scored yesterday was a perfect left-foot curler as well.
2: So he still do him a favour. He
1: does. He does yeah, have it yeah, all, I think. But what I what I feel, if you put him in the centre and made him the main man, or even if you still kept one the right he still needs someone else to be occupying defenders' minds more than him
2: that was the question I was going to ask to you TK is for, for a start I think something that we should touch on is that there, there's no shame in being the Robin like someone no, has no. to be the Robin to the Batman like not everyone can be like uh, an equivalent well maybe not an equivalent but for a guy Giroux whose appreciation kind of in football has only gone up and up and up as he's achieved more and more he he's never going to be the Batman but no he can be as good of a Robin as you can possibly have, and your Batman is only stronger by having him by his side. Do you think one of the reasons Son has been so successful is that he's had a Batman like Kane there, who, if even 55% of your main focus is on Kane, that 5% difference is enough to give him the extra space, get the extra yard on the defenders. And would that be the same if it's the other way around and he's the main man being focused on? Uh, I don't know how you see you, it. You are,
3: no, you you are right. It's it's obviously going to have an impact, and just the way they they link up is uh, is great. You obviously had that run, didn't they, where they were assisting and scoring each other each game, um, and we had to see people's betting slips for that, so that was fun. Yeah. Um, but you, you are right. There is a, there's a skill to being a Robin. Um, and there will be, as much as I said, I think he can be the main man. There will be, in sh- terms of sheer numbers, a dip. He isn't going to score the number of goals that Kane will. Um, but he can, obviously, improve his own numbers. I think sometimes, maybe that's probably the only part that would be a doubt for me, is that as good he's a good finisher, but he's not always that clinical. He's not a natural goal scorer at times. And I think if he's the main man, he's going to have to improve on that just slightly. But it's, it's in, in turn, if Tottenham can get someone else in who isn't quite of that quality. He could kind of, we well, he's the Batman and Robin a lot, but he could kind of become the Batman yeah. and this other guy yeah. could be the Robin. If he's good enough to sort of supplement the team with, the, the third choice could be, you know, 10 to 15 goals himself, then they're going to have, it's going to be slightly different for Spurs, but they're going to have a decent spread across the front three rather than, I certainly think under Jose it became too much about Kane which was great for Kane himself, but for the team, I think it was always better and was probably why, I know they said it half-joking at times, but sometimes Spurs didn't look better when Kane didn't play because they had to sort of share it around a little bit. I guess some of this as well, by the way, will probably rest on how good Lucas Moura does because he was great yesterday. He was. But is he going to be able to do that for a whole season? I would, I would probably have doubts because he, he couldn't he can do wrong yesterday. He was unbelievable. His dribbling was just Oh, crazy. He, Stuck he looked like he was never going to lose the ball. <laughs> I know,
1: running pace as well. It
3: was great to watch. Um, because under
2: under Jose in particular, they, there were times where they were having three efforts a game, and they were scoring one of them, hmm. and that was all they that was all they needed to do. Obviously, that, that was hard to keep up over the course of a season. Suns' quality is, is impossible to doubt. Um, I think. As much of it is his enthusiasm as anything else because yesterday that that shouldn't have been a goal okay should let him get inside the keeper should be able to save it but just his sheer doggedness was enough to kind of rattle them and that does help a lot more
3: not to be a old guy in the pub either but he does also do the thing of sometimes just have a have a go the amount of times sometimes a player will get into position and won't take the shot. Well,
2: he did. Like the shot first sometimes half, it he?
3: isn't the best. Sometimes isn't the best quality shot, but it can go in because you know the keeper gets blind. So like he did by Diaz a bit there, and you know you score a goal that maybe you shouldn't have. Whereas if you look at obviously as Jack touched on City, by contrast, would have a load of the ball, but they just after about 15 minutes just did nothing with it. I saw a, a great tweet
1: about it, actually that City have gone from having. Sterling and Sané running in behind and not letting you switch off from one moment to Grealish and Mahrez playing FIFA Street in front of your back four. But
3: yeah, it's, it's who's getting in behind is
2: the question, Exactly,
1: Exactly, and that's
2: where... Grealish played deeper until line. later in the game yesterday. I actually thought he was probably City's best player. Who? Sorry? Grealish. Yeah, no, I agree. And he was one good. of the only ones making things happen.
1: He was driving at players, which is always a pleasure apart from that yeah there wasn't really uh, that that, the one thing that scares me now is that they're going to go right, screw it we'll just pay 200 mil for Kane and that's that because like you put a a centre forward I mean the issues that they're having is that they're not having a centre forward that is occupying defences so there isn't that space for the other players to kind of move into where we saw that in literally the last three games where include the Champions League final the Community Shield in this one yeah. where they haven't got a centre forward it's either like dragging the line backwards or coming to feet and making them push up so Sterling Cameron in behind it's all very flat
2: and it's false we've names. got a fat Frenchman if they want one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've, I saw a lot of tweets today about how Jesus must feel yeah. on his timeline <laughs> <laughs> and see <seeing> that <laughs> Jesse and have any strikeouts. yeah
4: um,
3: incredible
2: as for that game, I guess it could either speed up the move in that Pep knows he needs a striker, or it could make Levy you know how desperate they now are and charge even more and drag things out. So mm-hmm. it, it'll be interesting if we go on to referees and then come back to United because I think it ties in nicely with what we were saying about Grealish because right at the start of the game yesterday he made he made some great runs early on. And he was fouled, I think, the first three times he got the ball because they were talking about the stats again. And I wondered how you all found the game with referee. And I've kind of said my bit on Arsenal. And I, I think that was by far the least of uh, the referee's worries this weekend was, was that fixture. But it, it's, that Spurs game was just a free-for-all. Yeah. <laughs> the, the referee the referee was horrific. Hey. Because you, as much as... You yeah. have fouls breaking you're it up.
1: Saying, you're saying that the, the refereeing was
2: bad yesterday? Yeah. For, for that City game, it was. Because you, you do need to have some deterrent. Absolutely not, no. It. I that,
3: thought the only thing he got, he, he probably should have booked Tanganga because he it was basically said, football. one more and you're getting booked, and then the one more didn't yeah. get him booked.
2: But he other than football.
3: that, I thought I, I didn't have too much problem with letting things go like he did. Is it, have, have you, have you ever seen anything like him calling the captain over to
2: say come on this young lad here come on get him in, get him in check You need, or I'm going to have to book him.
3: On the, the flip side though is, is that potentially something that maybe should happen more? I, I don't.
2: If it's after the second one but by by the time it it, it changed the place of the game in that
3: he'd have, have to be very careful wouldn't he after but that but you do well. have have greenish to have,
2: sterling on, on a yellow you yeah. would have been in a bit of trouble. And he just carried on until the last 10 minutes when, when they took him off. And if every game's going to be like that, fair enough. But it seems...
3: I, mean, like I can't see that happening. In- the, the bigger issue there is basically he's a young English lad so he's basically got let off. It, it is the truth. It Pretty well anyone else who doesn't I'd, fit that description well, gets booked. I, I, mean, I, want,
2: I want there to be these physical games. I, I don't want that to be the takeaway of me saying that I don't want it to be. Yeah, it doesn't but, sound like it. But... You you do have to. You, it can't just be a free for all because this this yesterday. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, well, the time one really did it on top of a bad weekend. That was that was. Because really
3: <laughs> I was yeah, I wasn't watching games thinking oh fuck, how are they getting away with these challenges? I thought it was all fair. Well,
2: well, no, mainly yeah. the Spurs one um, and the Spurs <sighs> defenders in particular. There's
1: there was a about a two minute past play just before the final whistle, where challenges were flying in. Players were like going down and getting back up again and sliding in and losing possession, winning it back. You know, I just thought it was
3: brilliant. That's like really like she's moaning someone's diving. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> I've just maybe I've just had a bad weekend. I think so. <laughs> yeah,
4: I think it has, yeah. It's, it
2: it was the call in the captain over that It was like, a bit it weird. Had, it ruined it my Sunday. <laughs> and I, I didn't have a bet on cards or anything, it was just like what
3: the hell is going on? I will um, say, as, as much as they've made a big thing of this with the the VAR and the refs, I'm reserving judgment. It's been a good first weekend. I ain't going all in that you know things have changed here. You've yeah, same you've same. cheated on me once. I'm not going to say you've changed a uh-huh. minute. You've got to prove some loyalty. It's kind like, like d- last season. We
1: upon <sighs> looking at the replay again,
3: it would be
2: it wasn't it? It, it. it would. Be, yeah, it was Martin. I swear on that first replay, he was about ten yards off. <laughs> I saw the first replay pop up, and I thought well, this is going to rule out. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand that it wasn't a penalty in the Arsenal game. I ge- I genuinely don't understand that that Balogun one, because it always been a penalty. If if you take the man after you've taken the ball, his follow through up his shin.
3: Like I, I I don't understand it at all. Ironically, though, you do often see free kicks, but not penalties. It's a weird yeah. situation
2: but well, we got one like it um, where we beat them, was it last season or the season before? Where Lacazette had the penalty. Or mm. well, we have one like that. It Maybe it's maybe I'm just uh, being overly critical. Because, yeah, I,
1: th- uh, I think we lost. That you
2: need to go for a lie down. If you take the man after the ball, there was a lot of focus this weekend on what well, he touched the ball and usually that, that doesn't still doesn't matter if you've taken the man afterwards
1: I saw Rudiger in the Super Cup do the best slide tackle I've seen in years and get booked for it so.
2: well if if they obviously spoken to the commentators and said or whatever and said yeah, of, yeah. Yeah, basically like <laughs> we're, we're going to be changing how we referee things this season That you're not going to be getting the same incidents looked at files, this kind of thing it seems like that that was very um kind of basic in the explanation like there was no this is what we're going to be looking at more rather than we're just going to be more lenient so I just I don't know I'm sure I'll get some complaints after this episode I feel like I've been a bit whingy No Um. Not like me I oh, know no, um, no. what, what did you think for the Liverpool game because <laughs> it seems like I'm deflecting that there was a point where Salah went down in the area and he jumped straight back up. And I assumed that they perhaps said to the players that things were going to be different this season because we've seen him get penalties for things previously before where there's been the, well, there's contact and it's looked at. And I thought it was strange. Maybe it's because you're a win and I don't know. But I don't know if they've spoken to the players about it at all.
3: You could be right, it could have been looked at closer last year, couldn't it? I didn't really think in real time, but it, it probably would have been actually. Um and there's one where they kind of he kind of swipes at the ball, doesn't he? And he kind of yeah.
2: he just yeah, about uh, clicked Salah's uh calf, maybe.
3: Yeah, they they got to the right thing, because it wasn't it wasn't a pen, but another one of those where put enough cameras on it, you see the contact, didn't get the ball, so they'll they'll give it. So as you said, it might just be because of because we're winning and because it's Salah, you think, oh, we'll just move on and forget about this one. What did you think about winning the Newcastle game? The West Ham penalty. Yeah, I, I think everyone was unanimous. It wasn't a penalty. Even yeah. the West Ham fans were saying, I, I'm not sure about I that. I didn't think it was as bad as they were making out in terms of in, it's in a real time. And not a penalty. In real time, I can see how he gave it, but as soon yeah, as you I see saw the replay, it like, oh. I think it's obvious. As soon as you see the replay, I think it becomes pretty obvious, and you don't have to look at it too many times really either. Not, I'm sure
2: not sure how it's done. I, I, I must have had an off weekend. I'm telling Lit- you, that not, Friday not night my was ruined it. <laughs> um,
3: yeah,
2: it must have done. Brentford um, just knocking
1: for six. <laughs> 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 Change your whole outlook on life. Right <laughs> yeah.
2: Probably a good thing, Alex or Sean aren't on here. Um, if we go back to United then, because um, they, they did, look, they did look very good. Um, so. I think Leeds allow you to look that good. Well, we'll we'll get to that for sure. I'm glad Jack said it. (laughs) Yeah, the main criticism of Pogba, hasn't it, been that they say there's a different version that plays for France and a different version that plays for United. Um, After 68 minutes against what ESPN describe as a generous Leeds team, um, (laughs) he had four assists, surpassing his entire total for last campaign, with three, and he only got three in the campaign before as well.
3: That was the most passive-aggressive start ever, by the way, when they were saying that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Great game. Terrible the last two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to
2: ask, did you put it down to this being a particularly good game, him having a bad last two seasons? I did not know how you uh, put it into words, because, I mean, United fans have been telling us he's been completely fine the last two seasons, so there's nothing to worry about.
1: I mean... I think it was a bad last two seasons, and this game in particular, where fans were up for it. First game back with the Midden Stadium, you got Leeds bombing on left, right, and centre. Some of them, they're missing Calvin Phillips in the middle as well. Like Luke Ayton's just gone in, smashed one top bins, and he's on like cloud
4: nine. (laughs) (laughs) I ate him as well. He's so shit.
1: (laughs) Like literally in the next play from the restart, he runs straight over the pitch again thinking he's going to do it again.
4: I genuinely, then, I don't know how he's
2: genuine. in the league. Yeah.
1: And then leave the right back position completely unguarded. I mean, yes, it's a great ball and yes, it's a great finish, but if you're going to give that amount of space to players of this quality, then this is what happens.
2: Pogba must not have believed his luck.
3: Back yeah. Game. Literally. Yeah, because I... I'm kind of, like I said, I'm kind of glad Jack said it. Cause I feel like if I say this, it sounds like I'm hated, but <laughs> it's, he couldn't have dreamt for like, you couldn't have set it up better for him. These did just open up. He looked a million dollars. It's probably I can't think of a better performance. He's had than the United shirt. And so I've always thought some of the performance he gets praised. I think oh, he was quite good. It wasn't like this. He was unbelievable. But it's, it's to what extent was he allowed to be, I guess. So if you give players like him and Bruno that sort of space, we know how good they are. We know they'll bury them.
2: Leeds got a pretty easy ride on commentary as well. I mean, about I him, guess it's because of his nine goals last season were against Leeds.
3: It's a weird one with Leeds because I thought if you looked at it in the second half of the season, it looked like they'd sort of figured it out a bit. They were less gung ho. It looked like they're defensively more solid. And this just looked like they were exactly as we were at the start of last year. Yeah, as you it's just, just like we've forgotten everything we've learned. And decided we're going to carry on running around like headless chickens. But you, at the same time, I guess Leeds probably got a pass because United did look sharp. Everyone looked, yeah. um, Other than Dan James, looked uh, pretty phenomenal. They <laughs> they used they used the crowd unbelievably in terms of cheering them on and they galvanised how they played. But Leeds with, were probably the perfect dance partner for that as well, actually.
2: With Pogba, do you made a rod for his own back or not? Because we would get these games with Erszil where. Mm. It, where you'll have a good game and then it was quite literally because the other team just seems to have not done their homework because as as, as good as he was they certainly could have prevented it to an extent um, when we go into the next game now, should United fans be expecting the same level of performance or do you put this down as this was just a special 90 minutes?
3: I don't think you can go in expecting four assists at the game but uh, no. you can certainly think he should get close to this level, yeah that's that's not unfair to expect and that's Ultimately, what's held him back is that we've seen that he's he can have a good game every so often, but he can't get the consistency. And if you suggest that, you're normally shot down, and maybe you don't understand what you're seeing. But it's been quite funny seeing people say, "Oh, you've obviously not watched him for the last couple of years." They've literally just laid the stats bare that he's not been able to get more than two or three assists in the last couple of years. So it's pretty much obvious Uh, they've kind of, if he's playing like this, he isn't getting dropped. Whereas previously, he's literally he's been fit. And hasn't played ahead of Fred McTominay and others. Mm. So that's a pretty for someone of his talent, that should never be happening. Something's gone wrong. So the consistency yeah. is what why the jury's out, isn't it? It's not you're yeah. not doubting his quality.
2: Bruno gets the hat trick among those goals, including a particular peach for uh, the hat trick. Um, I guess it was in the perfect opening day when when you're five one up and you can bring on Jaden Sancho. In terms of a comparison, we were 2-0 down and brought on Reese Nelson who played 69 minutes last season. <laughs> it's just freakish, isn't it? When you consider the players they can add back into this team, they'll they'll tell you that they aren't contenders. They shouldn't have to be uh, in the title picture. It's s- a squad that's fully capable.
3: Yeah. And Having said that, I think that particular handbrake being lifted a bit. If you look at certainly how the pundits are talking, and I think a fair few of the fans... If you listen to some of the conversations, it's a lot of people saying City and Chelsea look like the obvious favourites, and I've I've noticed, and I don't want to seem like the uh, the paranoid fan here, but uh, I've noticed United seem to be sort of the third team that are getting talked about a little bit more, with Liverpool kind of being the fourth option, which I don't I can see how you would because they they have built a really strong squad. I do think if we can keep our players fit, we, we've probably got a little bit more credit in the bank, I would imagine. But it, yeah. certainly the conversation seemed to be that it's a two-horse race, could be a three-horse race with United and Liverpool are sort of the fourth one, which I'm not sure how it's happening, but here we are. The thing with, um,
2: that makes it different with the teams is United very much do look like they kind of ramp up to 100 miles an hour, like whether they're winning, losing, or particularly in this win, they didn't kind of hold anything back the thing that always scares me with Chelsea in particular is it looks like they win games without really having to yeah, put yeah. too much work in didn't and go that's for the gears kind of, yeah that's what uh, differentiates them for me I guess we'll see more um, as the season goes on those, it, it, I guess
1: from like a rival fan I can see like an inevitability about Chelsea it's almost yeah, I was case yeah. of like, if we score like, we all think so that with our games. own
2: teams though don't we even when Arsenal or better I would still go into games thinking negatively
4: yeah, from a, from it.
2: the other team I've, I've never seen anything like um, I think the team with Drogba and Elker up top was one where I felt you didn't even need to check the score yeah. and if you did it was just a case of by how much with, with yeah. United there's certainly slip ups in this team it's just uh, kind of yeah, when didn't.
3: they happen. Yeah, the inter- that's going to be the interesting thing with is isn't it, is they look great against Leeds. If they have a, a game where they're not on it, can they still get the win? You, you'd back Chelsea to get a result even when they're, they're not at the races, yeah. whereas a team like United, we really don't know that yet. They've got a nice set of fixtures to open up United.
2: Um, I don't think they don't play a team in last year's top six till uh, October, I read. Um, really? It's not bad. They at least have six or seven games, basically, until... They played in him last year's top six. Um, so they started with Greenwood up top on Saturday afternoon. He gets the opening goal, nice finish across the keeper. It does look like probably having the summer off has, has helped him. Um, Cavani's back in training tomorrow. What do you think when Oli is looking at? I imagine he has a best 11 in mind. Mm. Do you think it should be Cavani or Greenwood up front on that list? Because the way I look at it is United are in that tricky spot of they're not being in a kind of below contender position. Like a couple of seasons back, Arsenal giving a pass in some senses, Chelsea were under Frank in that you can get by saying that we're gonna get these young players minutes perhaps at the sacrifice of instant success or whatever. City could even do that now where they can add some younger players into their team because they have the recent success. United are a contender but they don't have the trophies to lean back on so they are kind of expected to win now. Yeah. Do you think he has to go with Cavani
3: in that kind of preset team selection? I think we'll reach a stage where he has to. I don't think necessarily at the minute. I think as you said they've not got a bad run of fixtures. They've just played Unbelievably well, Greenwood playing well as well. I think you can give him a run for a little bit uh, before, but at some point, Cavani comes in, I think, and probably ends up taking uh, taking the mantle because he's different to what they've got. And as you said, they, they are in win now territory. There's no there's no two ways about it. The no. the progression along Oli has meant that this is kind of the season where I think the chips are on the table, certainly in terms of how they spent money. I think we're going to talk about obviously Varane. Um, yeah. Sancho as well only coming on off the bench. It's you know they are pretty much all set to go. I know they would like another midfielder, but that midfielder works absolutely fine on the weekend. It's I think they're in Win uh, now territory, so they got it. I don't
1: know how much of it is Van Hau. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: No, I Jose, Jose. They won oh, the Europa with oh, Jose. Uh, yeah, what we talk
2: about, um, they won those two. Um, don't they? I don't know how much yeah that treble they referred to treble. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much of a shuffle round Ollie's going to do. If he did want to have them all in, if he thinks he could trust Pogba, he could take out either McTominay or Fred and have Pogba alongside them. You got Greenwood in, um, then Pogba's position on the wing, Sancho over Dan James, and you've got Cavani at top. You could, in theory, get all those players in one side.
3: Yeah, that's not bad at all. And then so you got...
2: can have Wan Bissaka, Maguire, Varane, Shaw, Hogba, and MC, say McTominay, Sancho, Fernandez, Greenwood, Cavani up top.
3: Yeah, that's that's not bad at all. That that's, that's pretty pretty good. <laughs>
2: yeah, and they'll still complain they haven't got enough at the end of the winter. <laughs> um, so Jack, who, who would it be in? Who do you think should be? In all his mind, is uh, the starter.
1: I'm pretty much going to echo TK. I think in the moment, like they've just played brilliantly. Greenwood was a big attribute to that. I think the rotation will come in, obviously, with the, the European football. And then it's whoever keeps performing, I guess.
3: Yeah, Cavani can only sure. play a certain number of games anyway. They say that, yeah. So it works well, out all right for him. Um. So we did have some announcements uh,
2: this weekend in the shape of uh, Varane being brought out onto the pitch at Old Trafford to rev up the fans. We had Joe Willock coming out at uh, St. James's Park before the West Ham game. Did you prefer them to your standard kind of social media ones you get these days? Um, I thought it was quite cool until Rio got involved, really. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Can't express how much better it is so much better. And the Varane signing is obviously a big signing anyway, which helps, but it just looks, I thought, a million dollars, I thought it looked like, okay, this guy's going to come in and change us, whereas a stupid video of a guy playing a fucking piano <laughs> on social media, or whatever, it just <laughs> smacks. It just, it just looks amateur from the jump.
2: Whereas you the one? No, I didn't. That, I think, echoes what you've said in, terms of making it feel bigger because maybe Willock is the equivalent of a Varane to uh, United certainly from the form he had last season so that's how he's viewed by the fans um, I look but at Newcastle, yeah,
3: it, we ain't getting no one else
2: lads so <laughs> cheer in. He he got the same reception and it, it was particularly cool because he hadn't felt that before and you saw that on his face whereas Varane yeah. as much as he was excited but it, yeah it it did make it feel bigger.
3: It must be magic for the player, and it's, it's good for the fans as well. I think. I think as long as you're not doing it, you know, when you sign a, I don't know, 17 year old from some club in Holland, as long as you're doing it for a big sign, I think it's it's perfect. Well,
2: Barcelona Madrid would send their centre backs out to do keepy ups, wouldn't they, for their announcements? <laughs> what are you
3: doing? Here? It was when Madrid sent out Thomas Graveson to the dogs. No, don't <laughs> make him go and do that. <laughs> He's not got that in him.
2: Yeah, it was it was cool, particularly. First weekend back. This was your Saturday afternoon kickoff. It was I mean, just uh, right, wasn't it?
3: and Look, as an as an opposition fan, I was looking at it. It kind of dawned on me. Oh fuck! They signed yeah. Varane Yeah. Oh god. <laughs>
2: could be That's worse. Good. They could have signed Ben White. Yeah. they
3: could have.
2: Um. So I, I had a look back. Uh, you just referenced the Alexis one in particular. Um. I quite like Lukaku's announcement. If you watched that video.
1: Yeah, it's good. I, I yeah, like the
2: Jay Z instrumental over the top for I um, like that. Public Service Announcement. Him coming out and seeing Stamford Bridge as what a sixteen-year-old kid.
0: Yeah,
2: then flicking through the years like a little uh, kind of scrapbook. Yeah, that uh, that was a good announcement. I think. What it about?
1: Been, it would have been a bit more sincere if you hadn't gone to United. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, was least,
2: for... which
1: was the looser? Which
3: was the looser claim of coming home, him or Sancho? how how could either of them describe his home the sideshow one is outrageous though. literally no affiliation with that club I know
1: he's not a Londoner Londoner that played (laughs) Chelsea fan that played what about when um,
2: Chelsea announced Rudiger can you remember that announcement
1: that's the worst announcement (laughs) I've ever (laughs) seen in my life
2: what was it so for those that don't remember they they did uh, a kid going into the club shop um, and I think that they ask him, do you want a Hazard on your shirt? And he says, no, I want Rudiger. And then they go out the back and Rudiger's there in full kit, trying to look cool, just posing oh, with gosh. an awkwardly long take. Oh. And,
1: and it, the thing is as well is it looks like it's filmed, but like in AS like
4: media. Well, that's what I was about <laughs> to compare it to. So
2: if you remember the uh, continuity project I did for media studies for the uh, lunch saying he could have had mine. Uh, the acting is similar It's a, that
1: it's, like, you need to watch it if you haven't
2: well oh. some of the other ones I uh, I found when Palace announced Frank de Burr, if you want to have go back and have a look at this they did a Vatican style announcement with the smoke coming from the original Tasty Jerky restaurant near Selhurst Park it meant <laughs> nothing to anyone outside of the area
4: <laughs> uh, oh my words
2: what a manager um, yeah if you remember uh, a magician announced Cazola at Villarreal by making her appear in a chamber in the middle of the pitch
1: that was funny um,
2: when uh, Spurs announced Doherty and he was looking through his tweets talking about Arsenal where they knew the tweets had come up so just acknowledging straight that's away kind of, that's good I like yeah that I like yeah, that yeah. yeah. Um, shut up so one to look back on, uh, which I watched today, actually. Um, when Quaresma was announced by Vittoria, they had him emerging from the gates of a castle on a white horse wearing the club's shirt. <laughs> Excellent.
1: is like a Mandela effect, the fact that he
2: played <laughs> Chelsea. Yeah, yeah the, mental. There's some... Uh, There's some mental ones when you look back. There was a phase where Liverpool's one for Salah was a popular one at the time where you would show a phone screen of a load of tweets saying announce such and such and you zoom out and it's the player looking at it. Um, But Salah looked like he just wasn't interested at all when you watch (laughs) it back. (laughs) Um, There was one when they announced um, Kolarov for Roma where they did a fake kidnapping and announced him that way, where he's just not in on the act either, and he's just got a completely blank face.
3: <laughs> oh my God!
1: Cut off of all players as
2: well.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's some rough the ones. You couldn't, with, you couldn't do that with you could do that with mate. You'd have smashed up the actors. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I remember. Who I was, was it? Back. I thought it was a Chelsea player for a while, where his dad was just getting kidnapped like every other week.
1: John Obi McCall,
2: Yeah. God's sake! I knew it was someone. He well, played, I've like, seen our Sky days. Sports News I'm sure we've had this before yeah he played two days after um, his death. you were bored of it <laughs> well remember when Who was it they announced um, malaria and then the next headline like 30 seconds later was recovered from malaria yes
3: yeah <laughs> 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 thank fuck it wasn't Zlatan could you imagine the fucking <laughs> oh, tweets so. about it oh dear lord well, do you remember just with how these uh,
2: announcements can be um when United announced uh, uh, Adidas, announced Pogba with Stormzy. Yeah,
4: that was good. That
2: the was po- they had a new po- track from Stormzy. Stormzy. They just happened to be filming something with Pogba for Adidas, and it just added up. And so they basically got him to just dance for 20 seconds, mashed it together, and did this announcement out of the blue for the deal. So I guess the thing now is by the time these announcements come, we often know the player is coming and we're just sick and tired of waiting for it.
1: Yeah, but there is that. Like it's almost like you know, I just can you just finally announce it, please?
2: Run for the nine times. Yeah. I
1: remember the days of um it was two thousand and eight in Sheikh Mansor just taking over City and Chelsea and City were both in for Rubinho. And I was there refreshing BBC Sport on my dial-up computer, like mm-hmm. just clicking refresh certain that we'd signed him and woke up in the morning and watched Sky Sports News and see him unveiled. It's funny, because you used to watch Sky Sports News to get all your transfer roundups and news and stuff like that, didn't you? And but
3: the actual happened. first port of call.
1: Yeah. I was, I was like, No, we actually know more than yeah. Sky News do.
2: I had that on um, before we started today, and it was um, Kaveh with... Um, oh. It's uh, Dharmesh, isn't it? That's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Cavi was making a point and he was like, yeah, I I actually worked out yesterday that eight of Man City's bench would actually start for Arsenal. And Darmis (laughs) was like, I don't don't understand the point you're making. (laughs) And he's like, what a gap between Arsenal and City. And he's like, you're, say, you're saying that long like, we don't know this. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. understand what yeah. you're making. And it's like, how much are those players on the bench worth? And he was like, uh, I think it was about 400 million. It's like, <laughs> I'm not surprised they start for <laughs> us, or They start for most teams. <laughs> <laughs> and then, going. you've got to understand this, oh, well, I'm just not used to seeing such a gap between them. He's no, not watched football about? for a few We're, years.
0: Yeah, we've been for that. He's
2: caught a here from 2004. What's going on, City of Bullies? What's going well, on? Well, he says, he says, well, like, traditionally, that wouldn't happen. And then uh, he says, how far are we going back here? <laughs> yeah. He's absolutely mugged his mate. Yeah. Um, he, he looks human with him. Well, he's like, I
3: don't know if he's an Arsenal fan, but he just looks raging with the situation. When a a Sky Sports presenter thinks you've made an obvious observation, then you've made an obvious observation. (laughs) It's low-hanging fruit on that. Well, um,
2: just to close out today's uh, podcast, then I've got some transfer gossip, and then we'll just have a little uh, chat about Messi. So I'll take you through uh, the weekend's headlines. France striker Kylian Mbappe has turned down a six-year extension to his contract with PSG, which expires next summer, and would prefer to join Real Madrid this year. It's just one of those deals that we kind of, it's not even going to be a surprise when it happens.
3: It's just a case of if Real have the funds, but obviously if they can sign him on a freeze, I'm sure they can find a way to get the it wages does. in there, can't they?
2: There's an article on um, the Athletic at the moment where they say pretty much from about three years ago, when you hear kind of any conversation regarding transfers internally at Real Madrid, it's like, if we do this, are we still going to be able to afford Mbappe? Yeah, yeah. Basically, everything is just moving towards Mbappe and it's why they're happy to sell players like uh, Erdogan, who beforehand was, whether he would be in the team or not, was like a Florentino Perez kind of vanity project because he's been involved since he was 16 and so on and some of these other players like reggian i I'm sure they would have liked to keep as a backup left-back but when you have the money on the table, you take it and so on and so on. So, yeah, it looks like they'll do Whatever. There's to the people saying the reason Mbappe doesn't want to play with Messi is because uh, he considers it him, up, him, him an op because of uh, how he feels about Ronaldo. <laughs> and, uh, he's, just, uh, he's just staying loyal. Although that was as bad a rumour as you'll see. Mbappe wants out because he doesn't want to play with Messi. Incredible. Um, Spain's centre-back Pau Torres has rejected a move to Tottenham Hotspur as Spurs cannot offer Champions League football this season and his hometown club Villarreal can. So, that's Koundé and Pau Torres who've uh, said no, thank you. Chelsea are looking to sign Borussia Dortmund's 18-year-old England midfielder Jude Bellingham before the transfer window closes as an alternative to West Ham's Declan Rice.
1: What they've done is they've looked at how well the negotiations went for Harden and thought, you know what, these guys would be easy to break down. That. <laughs> yeah, never
0: no, yeah,
2: happened, is I, it?
1: That's never happened.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, Barcelona will only go back into the transfer market if they receive a significant fee for Denmark striker Martin Braithwaite.
0: <laughs> and see you, as well. like, and
2: you is two Arsenal strikers as potential replacements: Pierre Emerick Aubameyang and Alexandre Lacazette.
1: Would you swap Lacazette for Braithwaite? No.
3: Come on, at least Ray puts himself about a bit.
1: Going out to back for the pig. I never thought
2: I'd
3: well, see that. Blimey. The Arsenal fans are, I've spoke to, I mean,
2: we take the Coutinho swap, as ill-advised as it is. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, God.
2: Essentially, if we're swapping anything with Barcelona, which these rumours are about as ridiculous as it gets, it's Dest. Uh, we want a right-back, basically. Um, or Emerson Royale. Um or Frankie de Jong if they're just giving players away. but <laughs> You'll up, otherwise.
3: You'd end up with Home um, City. You can't run anymore.
2: <laughs> um, after leaving Crystal Palace this summer, Gary Cahill is wanted on a free transfer by Bournemouth with Norwich City and Rangers also
3: interested. Gary, can, can you just call it a day? Can you just knock it on the air? You're not surprised he's not got a club. He did do all right though, didn't he? He filled in fine. I'm, I'm... surprised...
2: I'm surprised a newly promoted side or a contending Championship side hasn't
3: snapped him up. I feel like it'd have to be the right uh, the right style. I feel like him at Norwich could be horrible. i open they're going to be at times. It won't be fun for him. Yeah. Get to Burnley. Let Sean deichnik after him. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I saw a move. He took Crouchy in for a bit, didn't he?
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, So Chelsea's 23-year-old England striker, Tammy Abraham, has agreed to join Jose Mourinho at Roma. um, He's since flown to uh, complete the deal. Loan move supposedly 40 million to be paid starting next summer and then across the next four years um, with a buyback option that comes in in two years' time for 80 million euros. How do you feel about the move, Jack? I mean...
1: It makes sense because if you're going to include Havertz in our strike options, that means Lukaku, Werner and Havertz that can play through the middle. Tammy's not going to get minutes. I think it's also best for him to not be alone, go out there, do his thing, get settled and then if he comes good and we need to buy him back, we've got that clause inserted and we'll probably happily activate it. It's just he isn't what we need right now.
2: Um, the Athletics said, didn't they, that all summer he has been saying he wants to move to Arsenal and we basically can't move Lacazette already on in yeah, time and he, to uh, back him up.
1: That, that was literally it. And then apparently West Ham couldn't afford his wages either. So
2: I'm very that pleased that,
1: that he's gone abroad. I'm very pleased that if he does do well, it doesn't directly impact me. And I don't oh, it. Right. He you finally got rid of Batshuayi
2: year. as well today.
1: Yeah, Peshiktas. How much should we sell him for?
2: Uh, I, I think it's for a minimum, if anything, just to get him off the books.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably... <laughs>
2: that bum Joy. Um He scored five goals, and my
1: mate, um, this lad that I know, I'll get to the races with, plays for Weymouth. And randomly, and I follow Weymouth on Twitter and um they played the behind closed door friendly against the reserves yesterday. And the reserves actually had like Thiago Silva, Barkley, Batcherway—all oh, the big
3: boys—they
1: lost thirteen oh, nil. Um, in I, he got five, so I'm sure he'll be in good form for Tass.
2: I can't not see him kicking the ball off the post when England played Belgium into his own head. <laughs> <Straight>
0: <laughs> <in front. laughs>
2: yeah. Um, uh, Brazil defender David Luiz wants to join a club with ambition and wants to stay at a high level as he looks for a new side after leaving Arsenal in the summer. Already, he says he's turned down offers in the Premier League from the Middle East and South America. Which Premier League team do we think? That's Spurs, isn't it? Spurs have <laughs> asked for him. No.
4: Someone that, like Watford.
2: Who, who else do you think could pay his wages? Chelsea, Arsenal and Spurs. That would be just the horrific triangle. Well, it wasn't us. It's the Gallas. Really Chelsea. I was just about to say, instead of Gallas. <laughs> Is there any chance Liverpool asked for him? no, <laughs> no it's essentially it's it's a top six team they're the only ones that can afford he, he earns over 115 grand a week
1: it has to be either that or like Leicester if they have like a real weird moment
2: where they think
3: oh, so, someone doing. like Everton would, would half half consider that I, I mean it could have been like it
2: literally I what did you think about him son in Carragher in the week as uh, he claims he brought playing out of the back to England
3: (laughs) yeah I thought that was rash I thought he uh, he it's (laughs) a Carragher's comments a little personally but fair enough
2: Um, this I couldn't believe my eyes Newcastle United have been linked with 19 year old Mexican striker Santiago Munoz from Liga Mexico club Santos Laguna what the hell they're literally yeah. doing it for the and for
3: the story. I checked,
2: aren't they? It is a legit player. This yeah, is a legit yeah. article on ESPN Mexico. So yeah, quality. Oh.
3: Obviously, all the top comments have been: Are they signing Gavin yeah. Harris as well? Of course. Yeah. Um,
2: Manchester United centre-back Phil Jones refused to give up his number four shirt for new signing <laughs> Rafa Varane, despite not making an appearance for the club since January 2020.
3: That's the spirit, Phil. Keep fighting.
4: Do you think there's any issue with
1: that? I mean, I, Phil Jones, he seems a very uptight person. I remember watching an interview when he, just <laughs> signed, when he just signed for Man Idol. It might be his first season or something like that. And um, they brought up loads of photos of him. You know, he's got the horrible facial expressions. Yeah. And, he said, and they jokingly showed him the photos. Uh, so what he got to say about this, he's thinking it's going to end funnily. And he just keeps completely deadpan straight face. Oh god! It just like, well, doesn't, to him, doesn't see the funny side of it at
2: all. Oh, no. They said to him, didn't they, that um, he's almost uh, the length of time to have a testimonial now, and he said, "No, I don't will have one. No one would turn up."
3: <laughs> yeah. So can't... he's aware enough of that, but he's not aware enough that he's, <laughs> yeah. he can't give up his shirt for Virat. I guess.
2: I guess when you do these things, and I don't know if they do think about it. He probably doesn't think that it's going to develop into a news article. He probably no, thinks it's no. a pretty simple thing. And you know why the papers do release these stories and the abuse that goes his way. It's probably something as simple as he was just asked, Do you want to give it up? And he's one, well, not particularly. No, yeah, no one wants. It's, it's quite disrespectful to ask, even if essentially saying, Like, this guy is our guy, you're not. Yeah, it's basically, can you, can you make him happy?
1: It's like Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley been clinging on to that number eight shirt, at Chelsea, with his yeah. fingertips
2: for he's years. Either, just, you either give it, it up it. and and say you don't care, or you don't give it up and you you, you kind of play hardball. But he's gone the way of just saying no. So there we go. can doesn't get sons like uh, Martial with Ebra. And Cavani didn't give his shirt up for Sancho either. So uh, he. Uh, Juventus are set to complete a deal for Sassuolo's 23-year-old Italy midfielder Manuel Locatelli, who Arsenal have been strongly linked with. <laughs>
3: um, There's a shocking one.
2: Yeah, Jackie, um apparently signed his new deal today uh, till 2024 with the option of an extra year on there. Um, other reports are trying to claim we just activated another year, but the, the major reports seem to say new deal. So. When Arsenal said we've got a number of options in every position, seemingly it was Locatelli or and New Deal. There was there was no in between.
0: Oh. Oh, um,
2: God. There we go. What,
1: um, horrible climb down that is. Not only the yeah Loc- yeah.
2: The amount of messages I had today saying, uh, "How do you feel about this move, then, mate?" Well, yeah, over the moon. <laughs> as you can imagine. <laughs> uh, Leeds United could make a renewed effort to sign 24-year-old English forward Ryan Kent from Rangers after the Scottish club's Champions League campaign came to an end. Be interesting. I imagine Jack Harrison's probably going to be the one in the mud because it's not going to be Rafinha. Respect that man. Well, if they're going to drop one of them, it's, it's not going to be Rafinha, is it? You'd think not. I, I don't think Jack Harrison's very good either. The only time i seen him look good was that wow. first game they had in the Premier against Liverpool there's a lot on that Leeds team I don't think is very good but they somehow do put points on the board so yeah. someone's
3: going to be right yeah.
2: I'm I'll, I'll, I'll certainly right about Luke Halen, I'll tell you that <laughs> that is unparalleled
3: for
2: everything you can bring his goal up I mean I scored a peachy against Adam <laughs> Rovers in uh, 2007 um, didn't make me a great player here we go Finally, then uh, won't we'll spend long on this. Just uh, for a five minute. So Lionel Messi has been confirmed to PSG. Does anyone have any ill feeling towards uh, the move? No, kind of the likely destination, wasn't it?
3: <sighs> the only one, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah,
2: but they, they should have lowballed him. He had no other options.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is that is true. But, yeah, but the, the lowball is still like. Oh. We're only gonna give you half another week or whatever it is. Yeah, Outrageous. he's on about he's
2: on about nine hundred, isn't he? So. Oh. Watching um, the Barca game last night, they're supposedly every game this season are on the tenth minute gonna have a uh, commemorative applause for Messi.
3: Every game. <laughs> wow, well,
2: Jesus. Um, they tried it at the start of the second half, and some fans kind of booed the ones doing it. Oh no. And, PK came out and said, Look, it's possible tough fun without Messi. Um, so he was the one that had to take the pay cut in the end to register the other players.
3: Yeah, he's the one who actually did the, uh, the heroic thing.
2: He said it's what a captain should do, and supposedly internally put his name forward, saying he wants to be the next president of Barcelona. Makes sense. So he's kind it, of uh, getting get his name in the good graces.
3: It's obviously sad that Messi's gone because, you know, there was. Some sort of I don't know, maybe romantic notion. He's yeah. just going to stay there forever, whatever. And going to PSG is a bit. Well, I don't have a problem with him going in but this weird sort of thing that we've got online now of like praising how good their transfer window has been, and it has been obviously unbelievable for the you know these getting these players on the free it's great opportunism. But we know exactly how it's transpired. <laughs> so yeah, they're the only ones who can cough up the horrendous wages for them. And have already been oh. investigated for financial fair play and they're just basically bending the rules as they like.
1: They actually Which... said at the start when they took over the... Is it Qatari?
4: Order? Yeah, yeah.
1: It is Qatari World isn't it? They said at the start that what they wanted to do was raise the wages so high so no one else could compete. And that's yeah. pretty much exactly what they've Mad. done.
2: Well, um, I was listening to an Arsenal podcast today and they were saying about Arsenal do need to have some money in which they have got with Joe Willock before they can just go out and kind of spend like as much as they want and it's surely I I don't understand how this works I mean I've heard Everton are in trouble with financial fair play in terms of their spending it it makes no sense at all especially when they thought it was relaxed for as as long as the pandemic was on to Mm. pretty much do what you want City are doing this while under investigation so
0: (laughs) just flavour if you're rich
2: enough
1: the, the thing is, isn't it, with the Paris one is like they're so cut off to the World Cup in Qatar and the FIFA kind of connections, and them not jumping into this Super League, they're in like UEFA's good grace. Well,
2: they're, yeah, they're the ones that are in bed with UEFA, PSG rather yeah, than FIFA. Yeah,
1: have they got their um, they've got like a relative or someone that sits on the UEFA so board as well.
2: They say they have an advisor that they check every deal with to ensure they can't be busted for FFP. Before they Brilliant. put it through, so basically they they claim they got the numbers together. They said yes, you can sign Messi, and then they went and did it rather than them signing him as other clubs would, and then going through the financial fair play checks at the end of the year.
1: I don't know how you can have Mbappe, um, Neymar, and Messi just those three players. Well,
2: they're each Diego, on upwards of nine hundred grand a week.
3: I mean, that's just mental.
2: Now, you look at the likes of, say, Verratti's on what, 3 400. You look at the other players, you look at Donnarumma. Donnarumma would not be cheap, no. No, because he's a Riola client as well. Mm.
3: Even Ramos right. at this stage is probably picking up a few quid.
2: By now, they doubled what Barca were offering.
3: Well, they reckon, yeah, they reckon they give him about 300 grand a week. So. Well, you, look at, you look at this and you think, the Premier
1: League, where. Every team gets pretty much hundred million at the start of the season just from T V rights alone. Like the league earn, like no one's paying for those rights.
2: Well they say this is <laughs> no. this has bailed them out. Messi coming in has bailed them it, out.
1: I, I imagine it probably has. I guess why they let me get away with it, because they didn't they couldn't sell I remember hearing something about it, um, where they couldn't sell their rights to the league. Um so then I think Desert Dazen or Design or how do you yeah, say Dazen. Amazon went and bought the rights that no one wanted um, mm. and then they dropped the price for the other rights for the terrestrial rights and now they someone's gone and snapped up because messes turned up so they've paid over the odds for the games that no one wanted and then cool. the other team have got an absolute the other broadcast got an absolute steal so I, I I look at I mean I wouldn't mind talking a bit about Barca's financial state obviously it came out today that they're in yeah, we,
2: we'll go in we'll do we can do something on that next week because yeah
1: okay because It's just the interesting. Um, it's like the structure of way that
2: I can do the research there as well to make sure. Yeah,
1: let's, let's do that.
2: But the commentary yesterday said, um, they were talking about uh Braithwaite, and they said, uh, and he's also great for the side because he's on such a modest wage, he's on 120 <laughs> grand a week. <laughs> like,
4: how's he getting about,
2: by? We're talking about, yeah, I know, but I mean, we're talking about Sun's New Deal, 192 grand, and we're saying about whether he's like the guy of one of the big six teams in England and the biggest yeah. league in the world and even the, our top earners they're, they're saying that like what De Bruyne's highest paid and he's under 500 grand a week I say that like it's not much but in comparison <laughs> and
3: that's the highest paid in bad the news for us though because it'll only be dragged up people will only try and follow that
2: well they, I, I, they I, say I, Pogba's gonna he's asking for 600k a week oh Jesus
3: no wonder we had a game
2: and they'll get it, no
1: doubt. Um, the so thing was, is, uh, though, like, PSG have had this model. I know they're getting messy. I know he's one of the best players to ever play this game. But it's not like they've had bums beforehand and they still come yeah. at short Because yeah. they even lost their own fucking league last season. So Who was it? Was it Leo? they
3: lost? Lille, yeah. Jose Lil, Font in, yeah. um, in defence. I, I said it's going to be a hell of an achievement for Poch if he can find a way not to win this league. <laughs> yeah,
2: no. well, well, they want to replace Mbappe next season with Ronaldo, just to say they had the Messi and Ronaldo playing yeah,
3: together. Yeah, yeah. But- I, saw, I saw even an article saying it's basically done. I feel that's just one of those things where you just say that that's done. But having said that, they're gonna again, they're gonna be the only ones who can afford it. No one else yeah. is gonna pick up his wage, are they?
1: They're literally just playing FIFA, aren't they? What are they gonna do in like three years when they lose <laughs> all their pace because they're now 38? And then they well they've start... also
2: got a great youth system as well. You look at some of the players around the world that are coming through um at Bordeaux at the moment. You've got um that uh, Adli, who actually uh, another one Uno Emory wanted to sign at Arsenal, um who's now about to go to Milan for big money, where essentially there was no pathway for them to come through. Uh Javi Simons is another one um where they are creating these good players just there's no pathway for them so they're able to make money by selling these players. So they're not doing too badly.
1: I do find it funny though PSG are going to do this and Real Madrid and Barcelona are going to bankrupt themselves trying to keep up.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I can't wait to watch PSG in the Champions League and on TV just because it's... it's the closest we'll get to like well, a Harlem Globetrotters team. I mean, they weren't a, a real competitive team. This is actually
3: we're seeing these players on the pitch together. <laughs> if if you are going to do thing. what they're doing, you may as well go all in. I do agree. Yeah. like we may as well watch an all-star team if they're going to go for it.
2: Well, they so. said well, essentially once the opportunity was presented to us, how could we not sign Messi? It's all, <laughs> fair, fair enough. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, I mean, if you've got the clout, you've got to do it, haven't you? Yeah.
1: yeah, so if someone says to you, like, you can afford to do this, do you sign a message? You'd say mm. yes.
2: Yeah, so there we go. Um, that probably does us for this week. Hopefully, uh, didn't bore everyone too much, spoke for Arsenal a bit longer than intended, but got for everything. We'll uh, see what the headlines draw up this week. Jack may want to talk about Arsenal more next week if uh, <laughs> things <laughs> go the way he hopes. Um See how we go. We'll get into Barca next week and, uh, well, anything else that occurs. So, thanks for listening. Tune in to Movie Madness on Friday. Football and Podback next
4: Monday. Adios.